Hello again, this is Daniel J. Hogan, and welcome to the Magic of Airy podcast, brought to you by magicofairy.com. In our last episode, Steve and Uncle Shameless fell asleep in a strange clearing that contained some crumbling ruins. Steve had a bizarre dream involving a castle being attacked by winged warriors. Steve and Uncle Shameless woke up to see two moons shining in the night sky, one of which was square-shaped. Then they met Istrio, a blue heron mystic who told them the history of Airy and how the Hawk King, Fiak Ra, came to power. And now, the next exciting episode of The Magic of Airy. The Magic of Airy, the podcast. Written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan. Based on the novel, The Magic of Airy, by Daniel J. Hogan. To learn more about the novel, please visit magicofairy.com or danieljhogan.com. And remember, Harry is spelled E-Y-R-I. Episode number five, Son of the Exposition episode. Wait, said Steve. I thought Zoot was the water eagle thing. Why would this frittata guy have a flaming spear? Istrio sighed. <sighs> Are you even paying attention? Za is the water bringer, and Zu is the... <sighs> Istrio looked at the lost expression on Steve's face and decided he had to summarize. Okay, Za is good. Water is good. Zu is bad. Fire is bad. And it's Fiacra, not Frittata. Got it? Steve shrugged. Uh, this reminds me of the time I met two men named Smith. Uncle Shameless, who was losing both his grip on language and balance thanks to the elder cherry wine, said, You see, both of them would stand by this fork in the road and give people directions to town. Steve groaned. But Uncle Shameless continued. But the kicker was that one always told the truth, and one always lied. Uncle Shameless then slurred something unintelligible. Followed by... Anyway, that's how I met my last wife. Istrio began rubbing his temples and muttering, Why me? Will you please let me finish? We are on a bit of a timetable here. The blue heron produced a glowing hourglass and pointed to the falling blue sand. Timetable? For what? The prophecy! Istrio yelled as thunder roared in the distance. Why do I hear thunder whenever you say prophecy? Steve asked. He waited to hear thunder again and was surprised when he didn't. Oh, that's a standard thing. Wait, how come I didn't hear anything when I said prophecy just now? Because you only said the indefinite version of prophecy. You must refer to THE prophecy for the thunder to roar. Sure enough, thunder boomed once more overhead. Steve shook his head. That is just ridiculous. Stop getting me off the subject, kid. Istrio said as he tried to finish his lengthy exposition. Blast it! Where was I? Something about birds fighting humans, Uncle Shameless mumbled. Oh, yes. Thank you, Seamus. Istrio continued his storytelling, and different places and people began to appear in the floating orb nearby. And so, 
Fiacara fought Donal in his throne room. Fiacara was after the sword of Za, which was wielded by Donal. Steve watched as ghostly images of Fiacara and Donal appeared in the orb and began to fight each other. Istrio continued. Donal knew that if Fiacara took the sword of Za, he would be unstoppable. <sighs> of course. Steve said with a yawn. Knowing he was not strong enough to defeat Fiacara, Donal decided he had to hide the sword of Za. The orb showed a wounded Donald make a desperate attack towards Fiacra's unprotected face, slashing at his left eye. The Hawken warrior howled with pain. Ouch! Yes, this gave Donald enough time to run away and give the sword to one of his mystics. The orb showed Donald running through the burning castle, and Steve watched in surprise as he saw Donald give the sword to Istrio. Steve turned and faced the blue heron. You? Istrio nodded and gestured back towards the orb. Fiacara stormed through the castle, setting everything aflame with streams of fire from the tip of the Spear of Zu. His left eye was healed, yet a long scar ran through it. Fiacara's magic saved his eye, elevating him to demigod status among his Hawken warriors. Why? Because the Hawken value their keen hawk sight above everything else. The greatest disgrace in their society is to be blinded. The orb showed Fiak Ra finding Donal and Istrio. The blue heron grasped the sword and disappeared in a flash of blue light, just as Fiak Ra kicked in the door. Donal spun around to face his attacker, weaponless. The orb went black. Wait, what happened? Steve asked as Uncle Shameless began snoring next to him. Istrio lowered his head. Donal sacrificed himself to protect the sword of Zod which he knew was the only thing that could stop Fiacra. After the fall of the human kingdom, the surviving humans were banished to the swamps in the east, and the owls were, well, an even worse fate befell them. Fiacra built his wicked castle, Arx Venator, and his new city, Daraga, in the west. Now the only realm free from Fiacra's rule is the sea, which is still controlled by the worms. Fiacra has ruled over the rest of Eri for the past 313 years as tyrant. So what does this have to do with me? Steve asked, glad the lengthy exposition was over. He elbowed Uncle Shameless, forcing him awake. It was foreseen by the three sisters in a vision that a boy and a man would come to Eri, brought here by Zah, to free us from the yoke of tyranny. Huh? Steve and Uncle Shameless said in unison. Istrio sighed. You two must find the Sword of Zah and defeat the Hawk King. Oh, come on! I'm from the suburbs. I don't know anything about looking for lost magical swords. You can do this, young Harrier. Istrio said confidently. I don't think so. I don't even like nature. And the last thing I want to do is go prancing around in the forest looking for some rusty oversized letter opener. Besides, that Donald guy gave it to you. Don't you still have it? The blue heron shook his head. I do not believe I said anything about prancing, and I gave the sword to the three sisters. You must find them to find the sword. Steve crossed his arms. And just where are they? Istrio shook his head again. You must find that out for yourself. But first, you must go east to Uth. The last human village, located deep within the swamps of the Forbidden Forest. If the forest and the swamp are both forbidden, why do people live there? The swamp isn't forbidden, just the forest. Oh, right. 
Pardon me, Steve said sarcastically. Look, it's just a name. You must complete this quest. You are the one destined to free Aerith. Yeah, yeah. From the yoke of tyranny. I heard you the first time. So you will look for the Sword of Zod? I guess, Steve said with an indifferent tone. Uncle Shameless, who was sprawled out on the ground, bellowed. Count me in. Splendid, Istrio exclaimed as he walked over to Steve. He pulled an amulet from a pocket and put it around Steve's neck. The amulet had a silver chain, while the amulet itself was made of blue silver. It had oddly shaped projections on the outside edge that reminded Steve of a broken clock gear or a circular saw blade. In the center of the amulet was a blue heron's head, and the eye was a small sparkling jewel. Surrounding the blue heron's head in the center of the amulet were three triangular-shaped holes, one near the top of the head and one on either side of the bottom. This will protect you on your journey, Istrio said as he patted Steve on the head, messing up his hair. What about me? Uncle Shameless, who was on the ground waiting for the sky to stop spinning, asked. Ah, but you have the wine I gave you, Istrio said with a long smile as he reached down and helped Uncle Shameless stand up. That too will help you on your journey. The blue heron looked at his hourglass. Well, I suppose that's about it then. I should be going. Good luck, boys. I'll be keeping an eye on you. Swell. The blue heron's body started to glow in a pale blue light. There are crossroads beyond the clearing in that direction, Istrio said as he pointed south. Once you reach the crossroads, head east towards the forbidden forest and up the last human village. Istrio's voice trailed off as he disappeared in a flash of blue light. Phew! I thought he'd never leave. You are listening to the Magic of Airy podcast. Brought to you by magicavary.com. Copies of the novel version can be purchased through this website. You can also purchase a PDF download of the entire novel for only $3.75. Visit magicavary.com for more details. And remember, Harry is spelled E-Y-R-I. I don't know, boy. I think we ought to do what the nice bird man asked us to, Uncle Shameless said as they headed south to the crossroads. Forget all that nonsense about magic eagles and bird men with pointy sticks. I just want to go home. But you told him you would help. If I hadn't, that annoying backstory of his would have never ended. I don't believe any of this is real. Someone is just messing with us. He looked pretty real to me, Uncle Shameless said as he stumbled around next to Steve. This can't be real. There's no such thing as talking birds. But you just spent the last half hour with one. Was that all? Steve joked. Because it felt more like six hours with that crazy story with all those weird names. The pair finally reached the edge of the forest as they passed through the last of the giant trees. The land outside of the forest was ravaged with blight. The grass and plants were all brown, and the regular-sized trees were twisted into odd shapes. An eerie silence surrounded them, which only added to the desolate scene. Never seen that happen to a tree before, Uncle Shameless said while inspecting a barren tree twisted into a figure eight. Who cares? It's just a side effect of pollution runoff or something. Let's get out of this crazy place. The brown grass cracked under their feet, 
leaving jagged footprints behind them. Steve's footprints were in a straight line, while Uncle Shameless's were in circles and curls as he stumbled around after his nephew. At the crossroads, a simple dirt road ran from east to west before them. In the center of the road rested a tall metal pole. Ew! Steve cried. Attached to the pole was a humanoid skeleton. The skeleton rested on the pole with its arms crossed at its chest. Its right hand pointed west, and its left hand pointed east. Tattered clothing hung from the skeleton's body, and burning candles were resting in its eye sockets. Small hand-painted signs hung from each of its hands, and they rocked gently in the night air. Steve motioned to the sign that pointed west to Daraga. Let's go there. That blue heron guy said it was a big city. I'm sure we can find someone to help us. Or at least get to a phone. Uncle Shameless nodded towards the other sign that read, Uth, the last human village. I don't know, boy. He said to head east. To that swamp in the forbidden forest? I don't think so. I'm not going into a swamp to look for people. No, thank you. Images of backwoods folk with more banjo strings than teeth popped into the boy's head. Steve grabbed Uncle Shameless by his tattered flannel shirt and headed west towards Daraga. Daraga, the city of flame, was where Fiakra had built his castle, Arx Venator. Fiakra's throne room was at the top of the high towering castle. Daraga was called the City of Flame because of the magical wall of fire that encircled its perimeter, protecting the city from would-be attackers, solicitors, and children selling cookies. The wall of fire glowed brightly in the dark night as Steve and Uncle Shameless approached. The brightness of the magical wall was part of the reason everyone who lived in the city was always in such a bad mood. It was impossible to get a good night's sleep. The wall of fire glowed so brightly at night that it was like trying to go to sleep in the middle of the day. Then there was the noise. The wall of fire made as much noise as a small campfire, if it were multiplied by a dozen times, and piped through one of those super fancy sound systems that movie fans only dream about. The quickest way for one to find themselves on the business end of a sword in Daraga was to ask a citizen how they slept last night. Steve and Uncle Shameless shielded their eyes as they approached the wall. Steve looked as closely at the wall of fire as he could. It was around 50 feet high, and its flames danced wildly. Crackers! Uncle Shameless yelled over the sound of the burning wall. The city is burning! Steve studied the wall again and spotted buildings beyond the flames. They reminded him of adobe buildings he had learned about in history class. They were all light brown color and square-shaped. I don't think the city is burning. I don't see any smoke. Whew. Sure is hot, though. Hey, Steve, are you hot? Boy ignored his uncle and his tired old joke. Are you hot? Uncle Shameless yelled over the roar of the fire. Knowing that Uncle Shameless would keep this up for hours, Steve sighed and said very slowly, Yes, I am hot. Well, then take your shirt off. Steve groaned at the joke and scanned the wall. He spotted an entrance not too far from where they were standing. Strange bird, that pelican. Uncle Shameless bellowed randomly, thanks to a wine-fueled stupor, as he followed Steve towards the entrance. Its beak holds more than its, uh... Belly can. Oh yeah, 
Thanks, boy. Sorry, this wine sure packs a punch. It's uh, making me feel a wee bit odd. You've always been a wee bit odd. Steve joked. We're all a wee bit odd, boy. Some are just more than others. As they approached the gate, Steve noticed a pair of guards. One was short, a little under Uncle Shameless's height of six feet. The other was almost seven feet tall. Both were bird men. The short one had the face and wings of a hawk. Its body was built like a man's, except the head, which was like a bird's. The other guard was the same, except instead of being covered in brown feathers, it was covered in white feathers. This taller bird man did not have wings, and instead of a sharp hooked beak, it had a rounded orange swan bill with a ring of black around it. Steve guessed that the taller bird man was a swanton, and the short one was a hawken. Both were clad in armor. The Swanton wore heavy plate armor, and the Hawken wore light chain mail. The Hawken warrior held a menacing-looking spear, while the Swanton stood alert, with a large sword strapped to its back. The guards had not yet noticed Steve and Uncle Shameless. The boy pulled his uncle aside. Look, I'm sure these guys will let us in if we just say we need help. Let me do the talking. I'll use the old helpless kid act. Uncle Shameless looked at Steve with concerned eyes, and put a comforting hand on his nephew's shoulder. Steve... Yeah? Are you hot? Steve rolled his eyes and peeled his uncle's hand off his shoulder, while Uncle Shameless started roaring with laughter. This concludes today's episode of The Magic of Airy. Make sure to join us next time. Will Steve and Uncle Shameless make it past the guards? What dangers await them inside the City of Flame? Will Uncle Shameless stop asking Steve if he's hot? Find out in the next thrilling episode of the Magic of Airy. The Magic of Airy, the podcast. Written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan. The production and copyright date of this episode was May 20th, 2009, and was produced in GarageBand and Audacity on a Mac. Some sound effects and music are provided by freesound.org. Other sound effects and music provided by GarageBand. For more information, please visit magicofairy.com. And remember, Airy is spelled E Y R I. And as always, Thanks for listening.